Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Thank you, Stephen A., and welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Before I get started, I want to just uh, think back on Saturday. We did a live event. We have that HBCU College Day event here at Clark Atlanta University. I want to thank uh, everybody on the campus of Clark Atlanta University. We changed lives this past weekend. Uh, WCLK was out there in full force supporting the cause of uh Students enrolling in HBCUs, most in particular, Clark Atlanta University had a long line of interested parents with their teenagers there, wanted to enroll on campus and took some tours of this great campus. So I want to thank all the organizations that call all the military, all the corporate, and all the HBCUs who participated. And more importantly, I want to thank the parents and the young, the younger generation who thought of thought of will to change their lives and make a decision in their lives and that's what it was all about on Saturday and again thank you HBCU College they will be returning in 2022 so keep your ears open because it was fantastic it was overwhelmingly uh, a successful event but we are listening to money making conversations so let's get back to what you guys may be listening and want to hear from me it's time to stop reading other people's success stories. You hear me say that every week and start writing your own. And we always talk about gifts. We always talk about purposes, a purpose. If you have a purpose, then leave with your gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. I interview celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. My guests I bring on the show are guests that I want you to call in and talk to or ask questions. The number to call in is 404-880-9255. That's 404-880-9255. My first guest today is uh, Laura Foos. That's F-O-O-S is her last name. She is the CEO and owner of Foos Financial Services. They provide tax preparation services to individuals and specializing in small business taxes. She knows all too well about financial struggles having to overcome them and using that knowledge to turn her life around, having gone through personal bankruptcy herself while she was seven months pregnant, being a, being a single mother most of her daughter's life, then starting several profitable businesses. That's how I met, through the Neighborhood Awards and the, or the Hoodie Awards, depending on what time you came into my life when I was co-producing that and co-created that with Steve Harvey. She works as a business finance manager as her full-time corporate career with Dignity Memorial. She has been in the deaf business for over two decades, and she is passionate about serving families at a difficult time. But she's here to talk about your life. I want to talk about if you got tax questions, financial questions, or that are dealing with your taxes. It's never too late to talk about taxes. I should say never too early, because a lot of people always think about the spring. Was well, the fourth quarter? This is when you prepare to get ready to file those taxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, a good friend of mine. She is the most requested guest on my Money Making Conversation platform, Miss Laura Foos. Hey, Miss. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me back. I always love uh, being on the show with you all. Well, great. Uh, Laura, where you where you at right now? You're on the East Coast. Where you at? Yes, I'm on the East Coast in uh, Food Studio Financial Offices because, you know, we had just purchased the commercial building this year. So I'm in our space. 
Oh, okay, keeping up with Rashawn, huh? Purchase a commercial <laughs> yes. building. Okay. Oh. Trying to keep up with you. <laughs> well, that's that's great. Now, I mentioned earlier you're the CEO and owner of Foods Financial Services. Tell everybody exactly what do you do and why do people come to you for for your services? Okay, so Foods Financial Services is a tax preparation company. So we provide tax preparation services to individuals. Um, the majority of our clients are small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, as well as I provide financial education uh, to those clients, helping them start businesses or getting their businesses set up, um, tracking income expenses, and all those good things. Well, you know, interesting thing now, I want to go back to, uh, we always talk about multiple streams of income. And so that's the goal. You know, you can live comfortably with one lane of income. That's the traditional route of living that yes. way. But multiple streams of income is where you really want to get with your life, when you feel you can take control of your life. And if you're trying to be a multimillionaire, I don't care if you look at uh, anybody who runs Apple or who owns, who's, who started IBM, they are multiple streams of income because they buy other things. Like Google owns several properties out there. They don't just own, you know, like Facebook owns Instagram. They own a lot of other things. So that's, see, corporations have multiple streams of income. It's only now that individuals are starting to understand those same principles. Talk to us about uh, the importance of multiple streams of income. And when you come in, it's helping to manage those multiple streams of income, correct? Yes, yes. And, and well, and of course, now, if you live in America, especially if you live where we live, like I'm in Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland, like one of the wealthiest counties uh, in the country for African-Americans. So, I mean, there's no way that you could have one stream of income living here, you know. And then, uh, like myself, I became a single mother when my daughter was two years old. Uh, so having a single stream of income for most families is just not reality. You know, you have to have more than one stream of income, even if you have a six-figure job. You know, when we're raising children, having households, trying to save for our children to go through college, trying to save for ourselves to retire, multiple streams of income is a must. Um, so that's what, like I said, whether it be coaching, you know, clients one-on-one, I'm working with them each tax season or, you know, as I post daily on my social media page. Um, but what do those multiple streams of income look like, um, though? Because I think it doesn't mean I can't work any more hours in a day. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, I can't work any more days in, you know, any more hours in a day. So it has to be particular things. Like I said, one of my favorite is, you know, real estate investing, because that can be making money for you while you are working. Um, or stock investing. You know, most of our retirement accounts are invested in some type of stock or mutual fund. Um, so that we have to be looking for things that can make money while we're still working. So, Well, you know, yes. that's, that's key. The word style, we're still working. A 40-hour week we can turn into more than 40 hours a week, depending on the type of job you have and the commitment that you have to that 40-hour week job. Now, when you're talking about, you know, we talk about mailbox money, that's checks that come. When you you talk about making money while you sleep, that's another term that's used when you're dealing with multiple streams of income. But when you're out there just trying to pay your bills and trying to, you know, make it to the next paycheck, that's the cycle you're trying to get people out of. That's the cycle that you don't want to stay in. Because that's the cycle that oftentimes shortens your life expectancy because of the fact you stress takes over and stress is tied to money, correct? 
Yes, that is, um, I think if you look that up, it was when I did some research on it. It's like 66% of the people, most of their stress comes from financial reasons. And I'm sure we've probably all seen that most divorces come from some financial reasons, right? right. Um, so that's why I'm constantly talking to not even just my clients or on social media on a regular basis. Um, we're discussing, you know, how to set yourself up so that you have a monthly budget, that you're watching your money, you're managing your money, so that there is a way that we are telling our money where to go instead of wondering where it went. As a matter of fact, I have a, a, a webinar coming up next Wednesday talking about that exact thing um, because, yes, you don't want that stress from the finances. And then that's hard to continue to be motivated to work and right. create those multiple streams of income if we're stressed. Well, the interesting thing about it when I'm talking to Dr. Doctor, she call her doctor because she always cures me of my, my problems, my tax issues when I'm calling her about it. See, I, I kind of cheat on the show a little bit, y'all. You know, when I, I get, that's why I like y'all to call in because you guys are probably going to ask a question. The number is 404-880-9255 because of the fact that a lot of times, that's the problem why people get into financial problems. They, they may feel it's embarrassing. They may don't want to admit they don't want to know anything. That's why you have experts in your life. I always tell people, if you're going to start a small business, HR has to be important and accounting has to be equally important because you don't understand your budget or how your income is coming in and your expenses going out, then you are a disaster and you're also living on more prayer than fundamentals of business. And that's what a lot of people use the word. Because I use uh, hear a lot of people going out on faith. I hear that a lot. Faith. <laughs> faith has nothing to do with math. Faith has nothing to do with income, but it has a lot to do with expenses. Now, you cannot yeah. pray away your expenses, but income and proper planning and proper accounting can help you get through there and enabling faith to win. Am I correct in that statement? Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yes. So with that being said, you, we talk about tips. We talk about things that change. And the three most important tips entrepreneurs need to know about taxes. Because the one thing about taxes is that we come out of COVID. Let's talk about that whole situation. And let's also talk about how why people need to get out of the mentality that they should only worry about taxes the first quarter of the year. And we always joke around, you and I, when we talk, you know, people, because you and I used to talk about that. You know, taxes are, are year-round. People are filing extensions, and, and an extension expires in October. Then they got to recalibrate themselves. Oh. To file taxes again in January because entrepreneurs or corporate taxes are March 15th, personal taxes April 15th. But that all changed during the COVID. How is it balancing itself out? Are people, have people caught up? No, people are not caught up. I don't even want to tell you the pile that I have sitting on my desk right now of tax extension clients that, like you said, tax extension. They only got an extension till October 15th, which is like two weeks away. And I still have a pile of clients that I am waiting to get documents. Um, so, yes, remind everybody, tax extension deadline is October 15th. So send in your documents to myself or your, you know, your tax preparer. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing, um, even though it's been really weird talking to clients because during the pandemic, a lot of people were at home, right? So you would think that everyone took that time while they're at home to, you know, get their houses in order, get their paperwork in order, get their businesses in order. And unfortunately, that did not happen. I think most people were just trying to get through the day. 
because I find most of my, a lot of my clients who always filed on time back in April, which they got, you know, an extension until May, who are always on time. This year they're filing later. I've had you know, keep following up with them. So I think that a lot of people during the pandemic were just trying to get through the day. Um, and now that we're beginning to, you know, be outside again, um, we're try- I'm certainly trying to get everyone back organized and getting back on track. And, and that's difficult being an entrepreneur. I was just having a conversation today with a client, yeah, especially if you're a full-time entrepreneur. Like that takes a lot being organized Get up every day and not just go make money, but then you have to be concerned about the background and all the, you know, the administrative things such as the taxes, the business bank accounts, keeping everything organized. So it's it's a lot, and that's why you have to have a team. You have to have a team of people that you can trust to help you get it all done and keep it organized. Absolutely. Well, organization is the key to anything. I, I tell that to myself. Uh, multitasking. Uh, I, if you don't have understand time management, that's the key. That's the quickest way to failing and it, uh, uh, achieving your dreams are impossible if you don't understand yeah. time management. But we're also tips in knowing people and mentorship and also having experienced people around you. Now, you say you just purchased the building. Why did you purchase the building coming? Because uh, I purchased mine in 2020 in, in the middle of the pandemic. Of course, I thought the pandemic would be over with now. Now you purchased the building. Yes, I purchased mine as well. But, of course, when it came up, because as we've been talking, I think I've been on your show um, each year talking about taxes. So I started Foos Financial I think now we're in our ninth tax season or going into our ninth tax season. And I had been just renting, you know, renting a space at another tax office. And finally, you know, when everyone keeps saying you have to do it on your own and do it on your own. And finally, um, because also, we know, I have um, a full service salon with my three partners. Hold that thought right there. Ms. Foos, we're going to be right back with more money-making conversation because I want to talk about your partners. Again, if you have any phone calls, you want to make a phone call to the show, 404-880-9255. This is Rashawn McDonald speaking with Laura Foos. She can answer all your tax questions. Just call in, and we'd love to talk to you. Now, let's return to Money Making Conversations Live with Rashawn McDonald. If you have questions or comments, call 404-880-9255. Hi, you're listening to Money Making Conversation. As stated, I am the host. It's a new show. It's a live show we do on WCLK every Tuesday. I call it Big Tuesday because you can call in. It's live. And I, I come into the studio on the campus of Clark Atlantic University. And the purpose of coming into the studio is to give a different take on what we're trying to do, what the purpose of my show. My show is to give you information. My show is to give you uh, people come on my show, share share secrets, uh, their success, their business. But more importantly, it allows you to talk allows you to express what's on your mind allow you to talk and give comments or just be able to hear a different perspective told by somebody i like to believe i'm successful in this business i like to believe i've done successful things in this business and i'm not trying to charge you anything i just want to share the the good wisdom that has been given to me that i've been blessed with over the years through my hard work and the relationships that allowed me to uh get to where i've gotten to today and one of the people i met over the years it all came back with the neighborhood awards and if i bring it up she's gonna say rishon please bring it back please bring it back uh she was working <laughs> Everybody misses the hoodie neighborhood award. <laughs> and so, uh, but then she was talking about her three friends who are, are who won several neighborhood awards in Las Vegas and uh, were, were stout uh, 
advocates of the show and what it brought to the community as far as supporting small entrepreneurs or small business owners because that's what it's about. Because they are the true stars of the community. They pay taxes. They employ people. And sometimes they go unnoticed, and that's what Money Making Conversations is about. And you were talking about them. Uh, please bring up the conversation again, Laura Foods, right before the break and explaining that relationship with your business partners. Oh, yes. So what I was referencing, so we started Salon Couture. Salon Couture is this month, as a matter of fact, celebrating 14 years of business. I mean, yes, five neighborhood awards for best nail salon, best hair salon in the country. So realizing being in that business so long, we always rented the space, built out someone else's space. So when it came to, you know, expanding my tax wanting to add other tax preparers on my team, adding employees to my team. I knew that I did not want to pay rent else. So that's when we started um, looking to actually purchase a space. Right. So, yes, I, I purchased my space during the pandemic as well. <laughs> cool. Well, we have a phone call here uh, calling in on Money Making Conversation. Laura, let me bring Kimis. I believe I'm saying her name right. Uh, Kimis from Atlanta, Georgia. What is your question? Well, my question is, I want to definitely first start off with telling you, thank you so much for dropping all these amazing jewels and wisdom. Um, I've kind of been listening to your show now. I want to say it's been a few months since you've been on the air. Thank you. When I've caught it. And I love everything you're talking about is so true. I love how you both were just uh, giving your um, facts about entrepreneurship and how you have to run your business. And, I, yes. you know, I'm an entrepreneur as well as I work corporate, and I know all sides of it. And, yes, we have to wear all hats, but definitely being organized, I'm known for that in my business. Well, you well, you're kind of uh, similar so I, I love, to. Uh, I love you, love you. Thank you. You're kind of similar to Laura because you're still in the corporate world as well, Laura, as well as self-employed. Talk about that balance of having to do that because Chemist is doing the same thing. She says she's still maintaining her corporate job as well as being self-employed because multiple hats can be grinding, can uh, lose personal time, can lose vacation time, but you got to hold on to that personal time. You got to hold on to the vacation time. That was something I had to learn over the years. Talk about that, Laura. Um, yes, well, congrats, Kim, because, yes, I am certainly for, as we talked about, multiple streams of income, and I'm all for my entrepreneurs. I'm all about my boss ladies and businesses and helping businesses grow. For myself, though, I still maintain my corporate career, first of all, because I love a 6% 401k match that's free money. I love five weeks paid vacation when I still need to rest and relax. I love that good check that comes every other week. I love my corporate vehicle that pay, you know, that provides me a vehicle, maintenance, and gas. So I leverage the money and the things that I earn from that corporate job to put into my other businesses. Um, and yes. this year what I really started doing is getting a team of people so that I could work smarter, not harder, because I'm not willing to give up you know, all of my evenings, all of my weekends. So I did begin to, in the beginning, I always thought that I had to do everything myself to save money, um, and then I would have more money. However, realizing now, as I pay people to do things, I have more free time, then I'm making more money because I'm able to be more clear. I'm able to be more focused when I am working. Um, and I have people to do the things that they do very well, and then I can focus on the things that I 
I do very well. So yes, I'm not giving up vacation time or personal time either. Hey, Kim, did you have a question? Oh, she's gone. Okay, cool. No problem. Let me ask you this question. Um, you said October 15th, you have a stack of um, tax filings on your desk. What happens when you don't receive the information from your clients? What happens then? Well, I think um, what happens if I don't get their information there to file their taxes? Yes. I, mean, I can't be more concerned about their taxes than, than they are. I mean, of course not. We <laughs> yes. Um, we send some text messages, but if they, you know, because I do have clients that will maybe slip through, you know, they cannot file for that year, um, then, yeah, it's nothing I can do. If they don't give me the information and we've already filed the extension and now we're at the extension deadline, then they would just have to pay a late filing penalty whenever they do file, which is, you know, which is not a large amount, but like I said, it's, you know, I can't be more concerned about somebody's taxes than they are about their own. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. You know, I always tell people, you know, when you make the decision, when you have to let people go, well, you know, you have to fire people. Nobody wants to do that. But if they're, I can't worry about their rent if they don't worry about their job or their responsibility of being able to do what I ask them to do, show up to work on time, you know, do the work I ask them to do in between the hours I'm asking, I'm paying you to do. So when it's the same thing with life. If somebody asks you to file something, they don't give you the paperwork to file, they can't come back and complain. But they will complain, and they would somewhat kind of blame you for the problem. So you have to always have your paperwork in place to be able to adjust to people who will not understand rules are not made to be broken. They'll be they are made to be followed. But uh, Kimis yeah. was not off. She did drop off the line. She did have a question. Kimis, what was your question? Um, I guess my, my question is I want to be able to contact um, the tax preparer as well as I need to stay in touch with you um, and be a guest on the show. Okay, well, that's no problem. Just leave your information afterwards, you know. And now, now as far as contacting Laura Foos. She's based in Washington, D.C. How did you do that? Do you, I know this is a public radio network. We really can't we really can't put ourselves in the position to be able to solicit or give out information like that. But off air, if you leave your number, then I'll be able to uh, set up a contact relationship, okay? Yeah, okay, perfect. Thank you. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, here's the interesting thing about you. Uh, and you are a very, very passionate person, Laura. You know, you said that because of the type of business you are in, Dignity Memorial. And, and last year had to be a, a year where we saw the accelerated deaths of so many people. And then now it's picking back up in the fall. How do you balance that? Because that's a very emotionally draining business that you are in. And then you're also still also in another business, which is also emotionally draining in the financial services business with taxes. How do you balance that? And then you have a wonderful daughter who's now in college. Who you yes, wait. she's in her a year can you believe she's in her <laughs> right but i know if people see me they would never believe that, looking at me that i have a daughter that is a senior in college but i do <laughs> well good that's a good thing now with that being said yes. how do you balance these two amazingly difficult emotional jobs because people want to know um well i think the balance comes in because yes my my corporate career of 25 years is in the death care industry. However, my my backing is um, accounting and finance. So even at the corporate job, I am a finance manager. So I still shuffle a lot of papers, crunch a lot of numbers. Um, so fortunately, 
during the pandemic, you know, I don't meet directly with families. Right. But certainly um, a, a toll on everyone in our company, as you can imagine, because even the time that the pandemic started, you know, we were never, like, work from home, of course. Like, we never, it was a lot of overtime. Um, and like you said, it was, I mean, it was the same thing for at work. It was, that's your job, you have to, but of course, Balance all of that is making sure that whatever you enjoy doing, that you budget for that, whether it be money, time. So, you know, my favorite thing is I have to go out to eat. Like, as long as I have good food and I have, like, and I can watch Fast and Furious on the weekend, then, you know, we can regroup and refresh. I think being a business owner, e-balancing, you know, the multiple streams of income, I think it's just making sure that you budget out for you to regroup and refresh. But normally mine is on like a Sunday. Sunday is my day that I try not to do work, you know? Right. I, I, I want to switch gears here and talk about all these apps they got out here because IRS has changed the rules on notification of income of $600 or more. You know, because a lot of people, they'll send an invoice to me through PayPal. But a lot of people ask me to play through Zill or Venmo or eBay. Or, uh, you know, it's really so many different ways out there. But the rules have changed. And you have to really, really be aware that the government is tracking you now. Is that only just on the personal side or on the business side or also on the personal side, too? Because it used to be you can kind of like slide different income levels and not report it. Not saying that's a wrong thing to do, but you could get away with it if you didn't do it so much. But now IRS is notified every time that happens. Talk about that major change that's happening January 1st of 2022 to anybody who gets paid $600 or more. Yes. And so, which hopefully, you know, if people talk to a tax preparer or financial advisor, you know, we would always advise our clients, anytime you have a profit in your business of $400 or more, you have to do your taxes and you have to promote that income or claim the income, right? So as I've always promoted to my clients and hopefully other people were as well, because we knew, like, they did not develop all of these apps just for our convenience, right? Now, some of them get a small percentage or they get their fees, so then it does create income for them. But, of course, we knew that this was a way for them to track our money, right? And they know now as more people are creating, you know, becoming entrepreneurs, having side hustles. You know, a lot of people, everybody has now a side hustle during the pandemic. So many amazing businesses were created. And so what they're doing now um, is that if you have earned on any of these platforms, like I said, Cash App, Zelle, Etsy, eBay, all those things, $600 or more, they will send you a 1099K, which means income that you need to report, as well as they'll send a copy to the IRS. So that it's cracking down that we have to claim that income. And as I said, now for myself, I always for years have been telling clients, need to claim the income, but keep good tracking of your expenses so that most of that income, we can write that down for you. But yes, so starting January 2022, if you earn $600 or more, they'll issue you a 1099K, which you would get at the beginning of 2023. Wow. So yes, 
They want their percentage of everything. <laughs> Can't get away with it. We're going to come back. back but when you come back, I want you to respond to the changes in the tax credits, uh, okay. earned income age changes, the unemployment changes, child-dependent care expense changes, and what's new coming up in your brain. But right back, you, I'm setting you guys up. When you come, Don't go nowhere. When you come back, she's going to answer all these things. If you want to call us, 404-880-9255. I'm talking to the wonderful, the talented, the dynamic tax preparer, Laura Foos. Be right back with more Money Making Conversations. Now, let's return to Money Making Conversations Live with Rashawn McDonald. If you have questions or comments, call 404-880-9255. Well, uh, coming up on the show is the founder and CEO of Brewmaster of Rhythms Brewing Company. Uh, she's especially known as the Lady Lager. She made history by becoming the first African-American woman-owned beer brand in the state of Connecticut and the fourth in the country. That's coming up on the show. But let's wrap up. Uh, Laura, you you always bring me information. You always keep me abreast of all the changes. And before you left, you know, you're based in the uh, Prince George's County area of Washington, D.C., one of the largest black, I guess, uh, communities from a standpoint of wealth in America and you out there doing your thing with your multiple streams of income. You hanging in there, aren't you? You hanging in there. Yes, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> when we talk about child tax credit changes and earned income age changes and unemployment changes, why were these changes needed and will they benefit us? Um, well, I think a lot of the, a lot of these changes of course came about because of the pandemic, right? So some things, I, I was going to point out a few things, and I took some notes because, of course, my brain is only so big, so I don't remember the exact numbers. So I did take some notes so that everybody could have exact numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the things we have to be mindful that when um, they passed the American CARES Act, that they were in effect for 2020, but they did not extend to 2021. So some things got good, some things not so good. Right. Okay. So let's point out um, what is a good thing. So one of the, uh, which everybody has been talking about, because I get questions about it, is the child tax credit. So if you had children, you know, you used to get a child tax credit of $2,000 per child up till if you're under 16. What they did for this year, 2021, they ended $3,000 per child and then if your child is under five, $3,600 per child, as well as another benefit that I've never heard of them doing, people started getting advanced payment of that credit back in July. So they were getting a month credit from July, August, September, October, November, December. So that's the great part, right? More money per child. The only thing that I caution my clients out and being careful because you could opt out of taking the credit is remember it is an advance against that credit so like for my clients that I have who maybe um, parents are now separated or they're divorced and they take turns claiming the child so maybe they started sending them the money because they claimed the child in 2020 now, in 2021, they will not be claiming that child. So if they already got that advance money right. and they have to deduct it on their 2020 return, that means now they may owe taxes. Wow. So that's why I said we have to make sure, you know, that we understand the credits and how they really work to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up come tax time. 
Um, so that was one. That was a big one because I know everybody knows about the child tax credit. So that is a good one. Um, another good one, um, it, a lot of people forget about this, is a child and dependent care expenses mm-hmm. where, you know, for your children under 30, claim dependent care expenses. We used to only be able to claim $3,000 worth of expenses. Now, year 2021, you'll be able to claim up to $8,000 in expenses. Now, remember... Now, this, like when I sent Sid the kids to private school, we can't write off the private school education. It is for, because that's a choice, but you can deduct when you're paying before care, after care, summer camp, because you're going to work. We can write off that. Okay. Um, can I say another one? We have time for some more. One more. And I, okay, actually, 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 we oh, do probably need to go, but I want to hear what you got coming up so I can go on to my next guest. Okay, yes. Okay, so real quick, the only other thing that I want to make people sure that people know not a good thing was that for 2020, when we were getting unemployment income, that first $10,200 was not taxable. But guess what? For those that still were getting unemployment in 2021, that is not the case. That income is going to be taxable, so they need to make sure that they're withholding federal and state out of that unemployment income. Wow. Okay. Ms. Foos, I want to thank you for coming on my show. As usual, yes, you, you know, me. well, you're an amazing talker, and I love your energy, thank and your your information you give helps all people. And again, when I need you, I, I can depend on you to come back on the show, correct? Anytime, anytime. All and right. I'm going to see y'all when I come to Atlanta in October. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see you next month. Again, Laura Foos, based out in the Maryland, uh, Prince George's County area. She's one of the top financial tax uh, for small businesses in America. Thank you for coming on the show, Laura. Thank you. Y'all take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Well, she's on the phone, and I want to thank her for being patient, allowing me. She's all the way up north, Connecticut area. Uh, my next guest is Elisa Bowens Mercado. She's the founder, CEO, and uh, brewmaster of uh, CEO of Brewmaster Rhythm Brewing Company, affectionately known as Lady Lager. She made history by becoming the first African-American woman-owned beer brand in the state of Connecticut and the fourth in the country. Alisa, she's a professional salsa dancer and owner of Alisa's House of Salsa. She's owned that business since 2000, so we're talking about it more than 21 years. God glided on into the beer scene in 2018. Her passion for music, dance, and beer have played a significant role in her life. Both of Alisa's grandmothers were beer drinkers. Alisa, father he was a big beer drinker or lager drinker elisa remembers her grandmother telling her that the key to success was finding your rhythm in life recognizing a significant gap in the 114 billion dollar beer industry she has made it her mission to tap into an untapped and underserved demographic in the country please welcome from connecticut straight out of connecticut to money making conversation (laughs) elisa bowens mikado how you doing I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for the, this invite. I'm, I'm really happy that I can join you today. Well, first of all, you know, we got to start with the salsa talk, you know, the, you know, because I, I always think I get, because, you know, it's really funny about that when you hear the word salsa, it just automatically you just want to move. Like you really know what you do. I mean, you'd be sitting in your chair and I just immediately yes. said salsa. I just went, you know, I did. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's funny. Everybody always puts one hand on their chest and one arm up in the air. Yes, and yes. They do this kind of movement. Can you picture <laughs> that right now? You say salsa, and that's immediately and that that music that you're just playing. That's your salsa music in your head, but it literally comes out. So yes, 
it's really because it's such a um it, it, there are certain beats that stay in your mind like the you know, reggae you know that that a bob marley beat just stays into your mind and then you know you know i don't, I don't care you know you go you feel think of reggae is a beat that's gonna stay there when you go to salsa that immediately like you said you know my hand went in you know, with, uh, top of my stomach or my heart my other hand went up in the air i was kind of waving at somebody i don't know who waving back at me but i was doing my thing but why does that why does the music grab you like that oh i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you uh exactly why uh it's got so many beautiful instruments and beats and rhythms in salsa and it just brings you to if you close your eyes and and you picture like an island or you know palm trees or a happy place but with just percussion and music mm-hmm. moving, that's that's the excitement, and that's why I don't care who you are. If you hear some hear some salsa music yes. and your foot doesn't start tapping, mm-hmm. then you know we might have to awaken up that that soul. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it really it's, a, it's an incredible, uh, infectious, infectious. Uh, dance and music and and just you know culture. So let me ask you this: because you teach it, you have a, you have a school. It's going on, like I said, like roughly twenty one years. Owner of Elisa's House of Salsa. What what or what are the fans or what are the students that come to you? Are there a certain age group or a certain demographic, a certain racial demographic that comes into your courses? Or because twenty years, you kind of get a sense of who your clients are. Correct? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell you, they are people. They look. There's the demographic and the diversity in what I see in my classes. Right. Um, it's unbelievable. People come in there, basically, they either want to find something that they're missing in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people who have shared um, stories about divorce or, um, I mean, deep is like losing a child and they just needed to come and connect and for one hour, they could just get away. Um, I've got people who are, you know, do- we're right by Yale University, so we've got, you know, doctors and professors that are just, their workload is crazy, and they just want to get out on the dance floor. But then I've got, like, people who are Latino who are just like, I need to reconnect with my culture. Mm-hmm. And then I've got black folks that come in, because uh, I'm African-American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that salsa and, and the beats and the rhythms start in Africa, so it's just people that want to dive more into the history of where salsa has come from or where the dance. So, I mean, I'm talking just people who have two left, left, left feet. Right. So people have a little rhythm. Mm -hmm. Those people, uh, I've seen it all. I've seen my babies, I call them, from ages three um, up to, you know, 75. Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, because, you know, that's how powerful salsa is because, you know, my original connection to this interview Mm -hmm. was you were the founder and CEO of Brewmaster Rhythm Brewing Company. And but then I started reading your bio and I started reading about salsa. And the next five minutes we talked about salsa, (laughs) hadn't even said anything about lager or any beer drinking yet. So it just shows you how powerful that is. Is Now, do anybody come in there? Because we're going to talk about your business. That's one of your business. First of all, you're a person of multiple streams of income. Let's get that out. 
a, a, a female yeah. entrepreneur. She's an African-American female entrepreneur, one of the fastest group of entrepreneurs that are growing in America are African-American female yeah. entrepreneurs. And it's really because women have always been the the lead, the, the ones who handled the money in the household, and now they're taking it out mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs and it's becoming a natural leadership role for you as, as being a person who had a business, and then you transitioned into another business that kind of like was part of your lifestyle. Like they always say, if you're going to invest in stock, invest in stock and things that you buy naturally. If you if you want to go if you go to Home Depot, buy Home Depot stock. You know, if you if right. you buy an Apple, if your phone's an Apple, buy you want to buy stock, buy an Apple phone. That people say commonality. True. Is that how you got into yeah. the, the the brewery business? Yes, and because I always say, you know, you can find your rhythm in life in more ways than one. And if something is working for you, and you and you jump into something else that that's a passion, um, then it's like I always tell people, you know, just go for it. And being like they always say that serial entrepreneur, I would say, let me tell you exactly how I got into the beer. Let me just keep it very, very, very real with you. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's. God rest their souls, were both lager drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember the ponies of Miller High Life. Right. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. So as a, as a kid, um, my favorite place uh, was, you know, to, to dance around. Because, you know, I was like, oh, I think I'm grown. But, you know, as a, as a child, you, I saw my grandmother drinking out of these bottles, these cute little bottles. And when I became of age, they would let me sip. And it was beer. And so I be with the girl always who was out you know, people were ordering, like, wine and, like, martinis. And I'm like, no, I'll take a beer. And so my palate for beer grew. And because it's in the DNA with my grandmothers, I'm like, I came from a lineage of beer-drinking women. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. will tell you, when I was, we were uh, in Cape Cod one year at a beer festival, and I noticed two things. There were not a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then more importantly, I noticed that there were not a lot of black people. Right. Uh, or people of color at this beer festival. And, I mean, I didn't expect... A lot. I was in Cape Cod, so I'm like, okay, I, you know, I know there's not a whole bunch of us, you know, <laughs> right. you in Cape Cod. Cod. You, you're not in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> in you know. <laughs> right, right. New Orleans, like, I, you know. I, I, right, right. Exactly. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. But then I was drinking the beer, and I'm like, nothing reminded me of my grandmother's. Nothing reminded me of normal, regular beer that right. I grew up drinking. So, with that said, on the way home, um, I'm in deep, deep, deep thought, and my husband said, "What? why are you so quiet? He's like, Mike, did I do something? And I said, no. I said, but thank you for bringing me to this beer festival, because I looked at him, and I said, I'm going to make my own beer. And the wheel started spinning, and the wheel started turning, and I will tell you, when I started researching the industry, and, and it found out that it was a $114 billion industry, and people of color and women were getting less than point zero 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 five. Wow. And we're trying to, I probably left out a zero. You left out a zero. That, you left out some that, suds on that beer, too. I, I left out some suds. <laughs> Ricardo, exactly. we're going to be right back with uh, to hear more of this story. Uh, if you want to talk to her, uh, a little salsa talk, a little beer talk, a little lacquer talk, 404-880-9255, 404-880-9255. Please come back. Join us. Money Making Conversation. I'm speaking to the CEO, founder of Brewmaster Rhythm Brewing Company, based in Connecticut. Now, let's return to Money Making Conversations Live with Rashawn McDonald. If you have questions or comments, call 404-880-9255. 
That's right, 404-880-9255. I'm talking to Elisa Bowens Mercado. She's the founder, CEO, and Brewmasters of Brewmaster Rhythm. You know, every time I say that, I always want to say Brewmaster to to the CEO part. Really, it's the title of the business, Brewmaster Rhythm Brewing Company, and she's affectionately known as Lady Lager. You know, I, I will tell you this, Ms. Mercado. You know, my dad, he wasn't a lager drinker. He was a beer drinker. He was a beer drinker. You know, (laughs) Pabst Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, my dad, he he smoked unfiltered camel cigarettes. And he was a hardcore. He was hardcore. And a six-pack, he would sit on the front porch and wait till the sun go down, and he did his thing. So what is the difference between that nice word lager and beer? Or is there a difference? So a lager is a type of beer. It's a style of beer. So, yes. So a a lager would be considered a PBR, your dad, you know, what what he would drink. And, uh, you know, all these big box brands. Right, okay. You know, when you... Those are those are the those are the laggers. So it it's a style of beer. The earliest styles of beer were Pilsners. Mm -hmm. Very light beer. It's easy drinking. It's refreshing. It goes down well. And so it's just another form or style of beer that is brewed. Okay, now let's now let's talk about this. This will always get interesting when I when people do businesses or open business, they have no concept of what they're doing. I'm talking about me personally. Because you can sit around, like you say, you're driving with your husband. You're gonna, I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna. How do you start? How do you start with the concept of of getting in this business with an idea? Just because of the fact that you know both your grandmothers they they ordered beer and it was part of your mm-hmm. culture. I'm not saying culture from the standpoint of you were used to it. It was you were very familiar. It was beer instead of wine. You know. How did that? Right. How did that? How did that? Give us everybody who's listening. How did you get started? Yes, entrepreneurship starts with dedication and research. Those two words. You have to be dedicated to whatever you're jumping in, but make it a mission and find out as much possible about that industry that you are jumping into. You don't want to go into, like a firefighter would never, you know, rush into a, a building without having the proper equipment or the mask or the oxygen Whatever you do, make sure you're diving into that industry and making sure you know everything about what you're diving into. That's what was my, that was what, what, what drove me to really start researching it more. But then when I got into the economics of it, and I said, black folks, we drink a, a, a lot of, we consume stuff. We, we, we consume trillions of dollars worth of stuff, and we wear trillions of dollars worth of stuff, whether it's uh, boots or sneakers or whatever, your hair. We, we just we really contribute to the, the economy of this country, but what do, what do we own? So when I researched that I could be put in a position where I can employ people, of color and I can get some economic empowerment behind this mission, it all just made sense. But research, dedication, and just know what you're, but make it a bigger, make it a, make it a mission of where you're moving in these industries. I literally, I want to see our beer on the shelves next to all these other big name brands mm-hmm. because I know that we, we consume 
So if we consume something, then we, we need to start taking ownership of it. And that's where the entrepreneurial spirit drives um, what most of us are doing these days. And you mentioned something very important. Women are on the, I mean, we're in the forefront of small businesses are popping up all over. We're taking control. We're taking back power. We're moving into industries. I'm in a, the, one of the... I'm in a white male-dominated industry, yes. but this, this male-dominated industry, I will tell you, is doing billions, not millions, billions of dollars annually, and uh, the revenue that we're receiving, uh, it just it didn't make any sense to me. So with that said, after researching the beer industry um, and playing homage to my grand, both of my grandmothers, God rest their souls, I knew that this was a, a, a journey that I was going to go on. So... Okay, the the idea it all starts with an idea, and then but yes. you also have people around you that question the idea, like because they because you know every average person first of all you know average person deals with eight to five so they know when you say you're getting a job at a post office or you're working at a bank or you driving an Uber or they they can rationalize that because they can right. now when you're talking about you you oh, you know I'm, I'm gonna start my own beer company, okay how did that translate to the people around you? People are like, you're going to do what? You're going to do what? And then they're like, black people drink this. Then it, then it goes into, we don't own businesses like that. I said, well, we're, we're about to own a business that, that's like this. I said, because we, they call, you know what? It's so funny. They call us the black ball wiser. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 We're the black, they're, they're like, you're going to be the black ball wiser. They, they were just like, because you're on a mission, but you're, 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 yeah, we we do. We 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 know we absolutely do. But that was the misconception that we that we we didn't. So um, you know, the black and brown people, black and this is a black and brown thing. You know, we right. Heineken, Coronas. So it's one of those things where we have to break that stereotype. Really, and you're you're, you're telling the truth because we consume, but the aspect of being the person who distributes or or yeah. or produces. We can't fathom that. That's that's the cycle that, as an entrepreneur, that we're starting to break, and it's being led by women. Why do you feel women are leading the charge in entrepreneurship, especially African-American women? Because that's a fact. It's not something I'm making up. It's not something I'm just complimenting you about. That is a fact that African-American women are breaking down the doors as uh, the fastest-growing CEOs in corporate America, fastest-growing entrepreneurs, in the business world, what is that? Because you're one of them. What is what is pushing you or driving you in that positive place? You know what? It's creativity. I'm going to tell you, it's it's a creativity. It's about making, but it's it's accountability. See, I think um, when you talk to uh, black women, it's about the accountability aspect. It's about we have to make sure that we are in these industries to open up doors build bigger seats, build bigger tables. And that's what we, that's what we, that's always in the forefront of our brain. Of, and especially in my mind. Mm-hmm. And my, fa- my favorite quote is, you know what, if you walk into a room and you're, on, the, you're the only one that looks like you in that room, then know that you're in the right room because that's where change happens. And if, I think if we have a mindset like that, um, especially as women of color, um, we are all about, you know how we do, we're all about making change and mm-hmm. seeing how we can build and grow and bring 
everyone along, you know, with us. Like, hey, listen, we weren't we weren't brewing beer before. No, we were always actually brewing beer, but we were just never recognized for it. So now we've got to break down those uh, doors and and bust open those glass ceilings. So that's my mo. That really, honestly, is my motivation and national distribution. I want to walk into Atlanta. I'm in Connecticut, and my beer is distributed in Connecticut, but. I want to walk into, I want to come and visit your show, mm-hmm, but thank I want to you. walk down the street, literally into the, to the, the local package store. Or Whole ABC. Foods or Sprouts or Publix or yes. any of these great stores that African-American people go in and get product and see your product on the shelf. Absolutely. And shop every single day and be able to purchase the product, and I mean, I will tell you, we are in Whole Foods, we're in Trader Joe's, we're in ShopRite, we're in Big Y. We are, they're here in Connecticut, and we're grateful and we're, we're happy and we're proud that that has happened in the, the three years that we've been in, in, in business and been brewing. But there's a bigger picture, there's a, di- there's a demographic around the country that wants more brands that look like us. We know, really, see that. And it's really day. important that you say that because. When we look at commercials and see the diversity in commercials, it's really, you know, it's nothing to see a black-white couple in the same bed in a commercial, eating food in a mm-hmm. commercial, you know, mm-hmm. and showing love for each other in commercial. And that same diversity is coming into the business world. And when I think about, I always start with the show talking about lead with your gifts or your purpose. And you talk about that too, your entrepreneur, you talk about your entrepreneurial gift. Talk about that yeah. as we wrap up the show. What does that mean? And why should people should value that more than anything that they have out there? And maybe they would lead them into the direction that you have, you're going male or female. Entrepreneurship. Right. Your, your entrepreneurial gifts um, will change the world. And that, that sounds really big and strong. And it is. But, but if you simplify it, it's telling you that there is this, there, there's something that is out there that is missing. But it's going to be for the bigger and better whole of America and for the country. Because that's, that's, that's where it has to go. So when you take your get whether you're male, female, whoever you are, if you're jumping in this to this entrepreneurial like, you know, journey, you have to be steadfast in what you're doing with with your mission. And always know that there is layers to entrepreneurship. So when you have a gift and you know you're you're good at something whether it's marketing or bringing awareness to to industries that are not, you know, men and female are not in, involved in, you've got to really take that and proceed with wh- how you're going to make change. Wow. Figure out how you're going to make change, but get a team, build a team around you. Get a strong team that really aligns with your mission. And yeah. once you do that, you, um, you, you know, you're on the road to success. Ms. B- Ms. Mercado, um, when you come down here, you know, we walk down the street. We're going to walk down the street together because you are amazing. Yes, and when you see me, you know I'm going to do that little salsa dance just to get you to smile and laugh because you know I can't do anything but that. <laughs> but thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation because you're fantastic. You truly are a leader. She's the founder, CEO of Brewmaster, a rhythm brewing company affectionately known. She's affectionately known as Lady Lager. She made history by becoming the first African-American woman-owned Beer brand in the state of Connecticut. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Live on WCLK. Money Making Conversations Live with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Incorporated in conjunction with WCLK. The executive producers for 3815 Media Incorporated are Adele Henderson and Samantha Taylor. And the producer for WCLK is Jami Wellman. Join Money Making Conversations every big Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. More information about 3815 Media Incorporated is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts.